Well, church, great to see you this weekend. Woo! Well, we are going to rise up. There has never been a generation in our nation that needs the church rise up more than we need the church right now. That is not just a church, that's the church, and that is not just others, that's you rising up in power, rising up in warfare. As we talked about last weekend, let the church rise up as, you know, the first weekend, rise up dads and men of God. Just thrilled about this series. By the way, it's great to be back. It's always good to go, and it's always good to be back. And so, uh, uh, it's just thr- it's just awesome to be with you. All of our campuses from Campbell County, and they uh, got a new renovated uh, building over at Campbell. They're almost done. It's so excited about that. <laughs> Pastor Chad and Brandy over there doing a great job, and and Anderson, and at Blunt County, and at North Knoxville, and Pellissippi, and internet all around the world. Our missionaries and friends were thrilled to have you with us. Now, while I was gone, a ton of stuff happened. Michelle and I were gone, and uh, and I sent you a message about Supreme Court. And, uh, and, and just spoke into that. And then the whole Charleston massacre happened. And had I been here, we pro- probably would have changed the message <clears throat> and dealt with that. Because this is what I believe. I believe real faith roots out racism. I, do, I just do. I believe it. Matter of fact, if you read the New Testament, there wasn't a more racist bunch of people than the Jews in the New Testament. I'm serious. The disciples were racist. Israel, they thought they were the only ones and everybody else were fighters for hell, fodder for the fire of hell. And as God began to reveal himself through, through, the, through Peter and Cornelius and then the Apostle Paul and the revelation on Damascus Road, and man, I just believe the church ought to be rainbow, red, ye- red yellow, black, and white. They are precious in his sight. And man, we're going to worship together. Church ought to look like heaven looks. Last weekend, by the way, our Blunt County campus had a big, huge 4th of July outreach. Now, it rained, and we hate that, uh, but it rained. Still 2,500 people, tons of people got saved. They got some amazing emails. One family hadn't been in church in 20 years in Maryville, went to the, our Blunt campus. Their 12-year-old son got saved, and they said, we're so thrilled. We can't wait to come back to the Blunt County campus this weekend. So, stuff happening. Last weekend, didn't it, at every campus it was live, everybody, of course, if you're at Pellissippi, Pastor Josh is hosting, he's already reminded us what a great sermon he preached last weekend. I don't know if you caught that or not, and so, uh, but did a great job. He's an unbelievable communicator and, and, and pastor. Pastor Chad, torching it out in Cabell County, and man, we're excited about that. Uh, Miles over, he spoke in Anderson, and then uh, Micah spoke at North Knoxville, Pastor Mike was gone, and Josh spoke here, and then Blunt didn't have Sunday morning because they had their big outreach, and so it was an amazing weekend, and so it was, it was great. We just praise the Lord for all that's going on. Let me just give you a side note just so you understand just sort of why some of, the way, some of what I do and what goes on this season of the year. Used to at Faith Promise, we had these seasons. We had these real growth seasons, and then we, we had, you know, we would chill, and then, we, then we'd ramp it back up. You know what I'm talking about? Well, now the intensity level at Faith Promise is about a 12.9 on the Richter. And what I've come to realize with the executive team is that nobody ever slows down on staff anymore. That there are no down seasons. You know, our kids just got back from camp. We start movement this, uh, this coming Wednesday with our student ministries across Faith Promise Global. And so there's not a season anymore. So I've encouraged all of the departments to take a look in their schedule of ministry and, and kick it out of overdrive, kick the NOS off, you know, the nitrogen, 
you know, and, and kick it down. So what I do is in about a week after Mother's Day, I take it out of overdrive and I put it in a second. That just is what I do because if I run a hundred, if I run ten thousand RPMs and never and never let let off the foot off the gas, I'm going to break. And when I was thirty, I could do that. <laughs> you might not have noticed I'm not thirty anymore. And so at 50, you know, 54, I'm, you know, and so, so about, about after Mother's Day, when you guys start going on vacation, I kick it in second until this weekend. This weekend, I have thrown it back into overdrive because we will increase every weekend all the way to Labor Day. People are coming back. Man, we are, we'll scorch it. Matter of fact, I believe by Labor Day, we'll be at 7,000 in worship on the weekend. Amen. Somebody believe that? So... Now, I do different things in those seasons. This year, I visited missionaries virtually the entire time that, that, that I kicked it in a second gear. Uh, did, hadn't done vacation, but spent the bulk of the time. Actually, what I do is go see the people that Pastor Brad wants me to go see. And I don't know if you realize that Pastor Brad is over all our global missions, does an unbelievable job, just does a great job. If you're at Pellissippi, you can catch him at the mission spot typically between services, but, but um, he said, hey, I need you to go see because most people leave the mission field because they feel left out, lonely, and uncared for. And so we do a stellar job of taking care of our missionaries. People that leave here and go to the field, we keep up with them. We, uh, Brad Scott's with them every week. I go visit them probably once every other year. And so we just go and just say, hey, we love you. Man, we care, but we pray for you. Our church loves you. And so that's what I did uh, this time, while I'm, you know, there are two or three trips if you follow on social media, and all of those uh, except this last week at Hillsong was was vi- either leader training or, or vis- uh, visiting missionaries. So that's what's going on. Just to let you know what happens, and we get to do that because you guys are so generous. We get to have missionaries around the world because you guys are so generous. We get to do so much because you guys are so generous. And so we're still camped out in the book of Ephesians. I love this book. It's so rich in Revelation. It's one of the best books in the Bible about the church, one of the best chapters about warfare. And Pastor Zach, two weeks ago, brought the heat on on rising up in warfare and what it means and how we're to win the war. And there's just so much in in this book. And by the way, Again, movement starts Wednesday. Would you pray? The hundreds and hundreds of students and, and workers that will be there all the second half of next week, would you pray revival breaks out in our student ministry? Amen? Come on, y'all with me? Man, revival breaks out. I don't know if you realize, but if you look at, at every platform where worship is happening all of our campuses, they've gotten younger. And we've done that on purpose. We're trying to reach down. You know, you know one of the reasons that, that students leave church is there's no vision for them. When they get about 50, when they get old enough, we'll use them. Y'all remember growing up in a church like that? I mean, we, we can't use y'all and been here. How long have you been here? Well, I've been here 10 years. Okay, well, you're, you're, you're still pretty new. You know, you're 43. You're still pretty young. But, you know, sooner or later, we're going to let you do something. We're plugging them in and using them for God. <clears throat> so pray next week that, that God moves in an unbelievable way. All right, I'm going to help some people. We're going to help some people with the word this weekend. So the, the, and I'm just, it's just off the chart. Now, this is the deal. We, the, the title of the message this weekend is Rise Up in Giving or Rise Up in Generosity. One of our values at Faith Promise Church is generosity, the heart of heaven. So let me ask you guys a question. If you're listening, say I am. Every campus, a question. And the question is this. 
How many of you believe that God is generous? Anybody? Come on. Somebody, y'all believe God's generous? If you pray, you believe God's generous because you pray asking God to do stuff, believing God is going to do it, right? God, would you, would you please, would you give, would you move, would you heal, would you touch, would you do? Every day we go to God with our, with our laundry list, don't we? Come on, be real. We all do that. Why? Because we believe that we serve a generous God, and God loves to give to his kids. He said, if you being evil know how to give good gifts to your kids, how much more do, does my heavenly Father know how to give of those that ask? So we serve a generous God. Matter of fact, you know this verse. It says this, for God so loved the world, he what? He gave. See, an outflow of love is generosity. Are, are, are y'all with me? Y'all agree with that? See, it just flows out. It's a theme all the way from Genesis. It flows all the way through the Old Testament. It flows all the way in the New Testament, all the way through the book of the Revelation. Just a, a common core about God's heart is that God is generous. And if you catch this spirit, if you, if you win this battle that we're going to talk about this weekend, then your life is going to be so much better. You are going to be so much farther down the road. And so in the name of Jesus and by God's grace, let's win this war. Amen? Let's win this battle of generosity. Because we live in a stingy world. We live in a world of more, more, and more. Does that make sense? And so generosity goes against our, our innate wiring. It just goes against who we are. So let's look at the book of Ephesians. Chapter 4, verse 1 says this. Therefore I, now therefore, if you see a therefore, ask what's it there for? <laughs> just a great Bible deal. And when Paul or anyone says therefore, he say, well, okay, why is that there? Well, in my Bible, I have that, verse, that word circled and an arrow pointing up because it goes before this passage. And you go back to chapter 1 and chapter 2, it is the unbelievable wealth of a believer that you were resurrected, that you were dead, that in your sins you were resurrected. God has, you're seated with Christ in the heavenlies. The wealth, one of the greatest passages of Scripture, Ephesians 1 and Ephesians 2. So Paul says, because God has been so good. Has God been good to us? And so because God has been so good, therefore I, the prisoner of the Lord, and now remember he's writing this from prison, I implore you to walk in a manner what? Worthy of the calling with which you've been called. Now, what? how were you called? So when we're to walk in a manner worthy of calling, then we need to understand what is that calling, right? And let me tell you, that calling is the cost of the cross. The calling for us is the sacrifice of the Son of God by the supreme creator God that he gave us this great gift. And because he has been so generous, so good, he sacrificed so much, we're to walk in a manner worthy of the calling which we've all, if you're born again, been called. It just, I mean, that, that is just the deal. Does that make sense? And so from chapter 4, 5, and 6, the Apostle Paul lays out one of the most unbelievable you know, poignant, powerful passages on how you are to walk. Man, you want to dive in in Ephesians 4, how you're to walk it out every day. Okay, I know we're saved, saved by grace. God did it. He did it for me. Now, out of flowing, out of that grace that God gives me, how am I supposed to walk? Well, the whole chapter 4 and 5 tells you, and then 6 goes into winning the war. So in verse, verse 17 of chapter 4, so I say this and affirm together with who? This is God's will, God's word for us. That you no longer, that you walk no longer just as the Gentiles walk. 
Well, Gentiles are, are people that are lost, far from God. Don't walk like lost people. In the futility of their, uh, of their mind, being darkened in their understanding, you know, the, the Scripture says that those that are not believers, they have, they have, a, they have th- scales over their eyes. The devil's blind to the eyes, the unbelieving that they will not see. Excluded from the life of God. Isn't that sad? Man, they are excluded from the life of God. Because of the ignorance that's in them, because the hardness of their heart, they have become callous, which callous is dead skin that covers up your heart. Their hearts are hard and callous, having given themselves over to sensuality for the practice of every kind of impurity. We're watching that in our culture now, are we not? Every kind of impurity with what? With what? Greediness. But you did not learn Christ in this way. Paul is clear, and it's done dozens of times throughout the New Testament, that greedy is locked arms with people far from God. Does that make sense? So if indeed you have, you have, indeed you have heard him, heard Jesus, and have been taught in him just as the truth is in Jesus, that in the reference to your former manner of life, how you used to lie, live, lay aside the old self, which is being corrupted with accordance with the lust of deceit and that you be renewed in the spirit of your mind and put on what? Put on the new self, which is in the likeness of God, has been created in righteousness and holiness of the truth. So we are to, we're to be different. If you go back to verse 19, it says this. In verse 19, it says that we are to put aside every kind of, next part, Impurity and what? Greediness. Greediness is a mark of, the, of unbelievers. It should never be a mark of saints, should it? Should it? Absolutely. God and pick you not. But the average family that goes to church gives $1,200 a year. The average household income in America is 50. The average household income in Knox County is 48. And the average church family gives $1,200 a year. Now, that's, that, that, that's just, uh, let me tell you what ends up happening. Flip over a couple of books to Colossians chapter 3, verse 5. Therefore, consider the members of your earthly body as dead immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and what? Greed. Greed, which amounts to what? I want you to realize that the Word of God says that if you are greedy, it's an idol. Now, have you ever read the Old Testament, what happened to the children of God? as they bowed down to idols. Have y- y'all read that? Come on. I can go back and preach it. We can lock the doors and stay here. Come on. <laughs> See, what, what, what is, what is what, how do I have an idol? It's seeking silver over the Savior, gold over God, money over the Master. And let, me, give me, let me help you. Let me help you. Listen. Are you ready? If you're listening, say I am. Money is a terrible taskmaster. Can never be satisfied. You can never have enough. You know, you, you ever been behind in your bills and you start getting the letters? And then after the letters happen, the phone calls come. Do anybody ever got calls from bill collectors? There's no such thing as a nice bill collector. And, and you get behind, you know what you're going to do, and you're getting the letters, and they're calling. You don't want to answer your phone, or they cut your phone off. And let me tell you, you can almost hear the cracks of the Egyptian whips on the back of the children of God as they are slaves in 
Egypt. Man, when we are greedy, when we serve money, it is a taskmaster that is brutal. Does that make sense? And listen, I'm not trying to suck you up into giving. I'm trying to help you get, in, get set free. I mean, literally, just, just get set free. Ephesians 1 says this, five, Ephesians 5.1, therefore be imitators of who? Now, did we all agree a few minutes ago that God is generous? So if, we're gonna, if we are going to be an imitator of God, does that mean we're going to be generous? Man, Ephesians 5.2 says this, Walk in love just as Christ also loved you and gave himself up for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God as a fragrant aroma. Listen, generosity is a fragrant aroma in the nostrils of God. When you can serve Jesus over money, when you, when you put him ahead of all that other stuff, it is unbelievable. 5.3 says this. But immorality and impurity and what? What? Must not even be named among you as proper for the saints. We're, we're, we're not to be, man, we're not to be greedy, are we? I mean, it's hands down. We know we're not to be greedy, right? Let's just, God, would you right now, would you just by the power of your Holy Spirit, would you just inject in every campus right now? And Father, those of us that are struggling with the idol of greed, those of us that are struggling with this horrible taskmaster that money is, God, would you right now, would you give us a revelation of where we are? Would you allow us to see ourselves as you see us on this generosity journey? And God, would you set us free from the cruel whips of money and having to have more and it's never enough? God, would you set us free to walk in victory with hearts overflowing with gratitude and generosity? generosity. God, fill us. Speak to our hearts. Move in Jesus' name, we pray. And all God's people said, now, let me tell you about Satan. Satan's stingy, isn't he? One of the reasons that faith promise is so blessed is this church has so many cotton-picking, generous people in it. It's It's just flooded with generous people. Now, if you're not yet a Christ follower, listen, this message is not for you. This, this message is for people because Ephesians, the whole book, is written to the Christ followers. And so if you're not a Christ follower yet, this message is not for you. But let me, let me just give you, if you're not a believer yet, let me give you one thought. Ready? Are you ready? Let me give you a thought. Generous people, even people that are not believers, are happier than stingy people. Greedy, stingy people are not happy because their hands are clenched. You can never be happy. God can never fill a clenched fist. And so even people that are not yet <clears throat> believers, they're not even believers are happier if they're generous. Would y'all agree with that? And so it's clear scripture that we're supposed to be generous. Now, we just finished the year's budget. It finished on the end of June. And so this is the second weekend of a new budget. Last year, we finished the budget almost $600,000 over budget. Almost 600000 On top of that, there was a 60% increase in Heart for the Harvest offering in last November. $1.5 million cash given that weekend in that. And so it's enabling us to do some things that we would never have been able to do. This church is filled with so many givers. 
Matter of fact, you know we have some business people right now. I want you to pray with me on this. It's going, we have business guys and gals right now doing business deals with the goal to pay the debt off at Faith Promise Church. Come on. Come on. Man, you talk about a game changer for us. Another million two a year that just rolls right into ministry, right into caring for the poor, right into building campuses, right into, man, it would be a game changer. So we got, there are people right now, they're working on things, and they said, hey, if this comes through, I just want you to know I'm writing a check, $15 million, I'm paying it off. So <laughs> Whatever, live long, come on. And we, have, we just have, we have tons of people that are level four givers, level four givers, are people that give what we call their lavish givers. They're lavish givers. It's on the car that's in your seat. It's a level four. It's people that actually have oriented their lives around giving actually beyond the tithe, that, that they, they, they just live at another level. And can I tell you, we have high-income people that are lavish givers, and hey, guess what? We have low-income people that are lavish givers. Being a lavish giver is not about the number on your offering. It's about the percentage of what you have that you give to God. Does that make sense? And we've got lavish people that are, that are our single moms. We have senior adults on fixed income that, are, that they orient their lives around the ability to give. We have people that come up and say, hey, pastor, can we give our house? Can we just put our house in our will? Yes, you can. I've had other people say, hey, you know, we're working on, on our will. Can, can we put the church in the will? Please do. Amen. You're just going to give to your kids. You're going to spend it. Now give them something. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Come on. I'm joking. I'm kidding. But the deal is, man, you just, man, I'm just going to, I just want to continue to tithe even after I die. And so we, so we just have so many people that care so much. As a matter of fact, I'm going to make a statement I've never made before. Are you, if you're listening, say, I am. Amen. Giving is fun. Amen. Giving's fun. We look forward to giving. I really put, I put off a couple years giving online because I liked writing the check. And then our young adult staff never even seen a check. <laughs> Babies. I mean, that, so we, so, but we give online because it's easier. It's the easiest way to give. So we just put recurring. We don't have to wonder, did it go in? We just do it. You know, whenever we get paid, we just, we just do that thing. Giving is fun. And it re, listen, you want to have uber faith. You want to grow your faith. Win the generosity battle. And you say, well, I want to be generous, but I want to give faith promise. Fine, give it somewhere else. Amen. Give it somewhere else. Give it to some of our missionaries. Give it to another church. Give it to, the, give it to somebody in the kingdom of God. See, what a lot of people do is, well, I don't give the church any money. No, what you don't want to do is give. So don't, you don't have to give it here. Man, the Bible says don't give under necessity or ever compulsion. God loves a cheerful giver. You know why I give? Because I've had a revelation from God about what happens. And so, man, I just love to give. Now, you, somebody said, well, I'm a brand-new believer, and I've never given. Wow, praise God. It is, man, I, it, it's amazing entering this generosity journey as a new Christian. It is so cool because your faith begins to explode. One of the greatest battles of faith I've had in my life was over $20. And, and, man, and for years, $20, man, $20 made her, I mean, it was a big deal. And, and man, whether it's going to give or not, it, I battled for, for, for three full days of whether I was going to give that or not. 
And, and, and as I did, and God came through, just did a miracle, man, I just realized that God's going to come through. So there's four levels. I, this is what I prayed for this weekend. Every person here this weekend will go up one level. I love what Rick Warren did. Rick Warren began tithing, then he and Kay, his wife, said, we're just going to go up 1% a year. Then he wrote Purpose Driven Life, and now they give, 10%, they give away 90%, keep 10. They're reverse tithers. A lot of people have done that. But, but on, on the card that you see, the beginner, I've never given. Man, just check that box. I'm going to start giving. I don't know what I'm going to do, but I'm just going to, I'm just going to, I'm going to get in the baby into the pool. The, a learner is, you know, I've been giving. I like it. I feel good. I, I want to be a generous, so I'm, I'm putting God in my budget. Man, just check level two. Number three is a core giver. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to begin tithing. I'm going to begin tithing. Or number four, I'm lavish. And then, by the way, I do this once or twice a year. If you're brand new and you've never given, you check that box right there, tithe for 90 days. If you're not glad you did, we'll give all your money back. Can it be easier than that? Come on. That's the deal. Now, there's a deal on here about signing up for a, 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 a financial class. Those will start September. If you want in those, check that, you know, during this, this during the service, put in the offering box and put all of them in the offering box, but and we'll be in contact with you. This last run of people, tens and tens and tens of thousands of dollars have been paid out. Debts have been dropped. People have money in the bank. God is blessed. It's unbelievable. Now, I'm going to give you a, a, um, a word picture to help you understand this and how this get out of the Old Testament. Actually, this is not, this stuff's not original me. I got this from Rick Warren's unbelievable illustration. And it, it starts in Exodus 3 and Exodus 4. Exodus 3, God and Mo, Mo, Moses meets God at the burning bush. Remember the story? Take off your sandals, the place where you're seated. And so Moses comes and God lays out for Moses a rescue mission, go back to Egypt. And bring my people back to right here to this mountain, and they're going to worship me. And Moses said, hey, I tried that 40 years ago. I'm not your guy. I failed. I killed the dude. I had to leave. Now, senior adults, Moses is 80 years old. He's 80 while he's talking. Three, three, area, three segments of his life. First 40 years in the palace. Second 40 years backside of the desert. Last 40 years, he leads the children of Israel out. So Moses is arguing with God that he's got the wrong guy. He can't do it. He's not going to do it. There's no way. It's not happening. He's not going to do it. And so in response to Moses' objections and excuses, now, do we all end up with some excuses? Come on. And some reasons why we can't serve, why we can't give. And so God asks Moses a question that I want to ask you. It's on the screen. What's in your hand? What's in your hand? See, Moses said, I can't do it. You got the wrong guy. I stutter, got all these problems. And God said, hey, Moses, what's in your hand? Many of us, I mean, what's in your hand? And you say, you know what, Chris, I tried to tithe and failed, or I tried to serve, I tried to do that. You know, I just, I can't. Moses killed the soldier. He tried to rescue the people. He couldn't. So the question is, what's in your hand? And listen, listen, excuses never accomplish anything. Does that make sense? So in chapter 4, verse 1 and 2, of Exodus, then Moses said, what if they won't believe me or listen to me? What I say, for they might say the Lord is not appeared to you. The Lord said to him, what is that in your hand? And he said, what? He said, a stick. Now, when we talk about generosity, let me tell you what, what a lot of us do. We want to talk about the lottery. Because, hey, pastor, 
down the road, when I'm rich or when I win the lottery, man, I'm really going to give. God said, what's in your hand? We want to talk about fantasy. God wants to talk about today in your faith. Does that make sense? We don't need to talk about what are you going to give 10 years from now. We need to talk about what you're going to do now. So let me tell you what I believe right here on the screen. If you will surrender what's in your hand, he will not only use it, but he will multiply it. And so in chapter, in, in chapter 4, verse 3, this is what happens. Then he said, throw it to the ground. So he threw it to the ground, and it became a what? And Moses did what? Ran. What would you do, big cobra hissing about to spit in your eyes? And I'd run too. So he runs. I mean, he, Moses fled from it. Now, there's three things I want to tell you. Moses is, he, remember, he's there, he's before God, and Moses walks up, and Moses has got his stick in his hand. Now, let me tell you three things that that stick symbolizes. Are you ready? If you're a note taker, you got to get these. These are unbelievable. It represents, number one, his identity. What was Moses? Shepherd represented identity. Number two, it represents his income. Number three, it represents his influence. So let's think about that. His identity, what would you all say he was? Shepherd. Matter of fact, you could say a shepherd anywhere because every shepherd carried a staff. Well, this is not a shepherd's staff. This is a stick somebody gave me. It was in my office, so I grabbed it. But they have a little hook deal so they can pull our pot, our proke, the sheep. But the identity of a shepherd is wrapped up in the shepherd's staff. The income, because how many animals you had determined how much money you had. If you had a lot of animals, you were what? You're rich. If you had a few animals, you were middle class. If you had no animals, you were what? You're poor. That's exactly right. That's why the Bible said in that time, know well the conditions of your flocks. What it would say today is know well the condition of your stocks. Because I don't know any of you that have flocks at home, but many of you do have stocks. And so we need to understand what's going on. And then the staff was his, was his influence because he used it to move the sheep. And so what does God say? God says, give me the staff. Throw the staff on the ground. And so Moses throws the staff on the ground, and when Moses gives God the stick, what happens to it? It comes alive. Think with me, gang. If you will give your influence and your identity and your income to God, he'll make it come alive. Now, when Moses took it back, what happened to it? It died. When you put it in God's hand, your identity, your income, and your influence God will use you in ways that will boggle your mind. It'll boggle your mind. Give it to me, God says, and I'll do miracles. Give it to me, and I'll set the captives free. Matter of fact, let me, let me just show you something. I want you, I want you to look at this right here. This is unbelievable. Gloria gave this to me, my assistant, Wednesday. She said, I need to take these home and sign them. These are baptismal certificates. This took me three hours to sign these baptismal certificates. Anderson County, Campbell County, Blount County Campus, uh, North Knox Campus, Pellissippi 1, Pellissippi 4, Pellissippi 3, Pellissippi 2, Pellissippi. That right there in the last three months are the people that have been transformed. Those are the people that have been saved. That's the deal. That right there is amazing. Why? Because we've given our influence. 
We've given our income. We've given all that we have to God, and he makes it, and he will resurrect it. He will make it come to life. Man, because if Moses would have said no and left, there would have been no Ten Commandments. There would have been no, there would have been a parting of the Red Sea. There may not have been an Israel, and there may never have been a Messiah. Now, God may have choose to have chosen to do it another way, but let me tell you, because Moses surrendered, the world is different. And if you will surrender your identity, your income, and your influence to God, he will make the world different. And let me tell you, that stack will do nothing but keep growing. But when we become greedy, when we take it back, when we say it's mine, it's mine, it's mine. Come on. We've all struggled at times with this, don't we? Well, remember the last time you sat down and worked out a budget? And you looked at how much money you had and you thought, I don't have enough. And our, our heart for the harvest came and you thought, well, I'd like to give, but what about? And we begin, yeah, you, ever, you ever had that struggle? Come on, guys. See, it's, it's, we can win pretty much with, with just a faith move, but it's going to come back and we got to win it again. So what's in your hand? What's in your hand? If you'll give it to God. See, God got a stick for Moses. But God didn't give Moses a stick back. He gave Moses the rod of God. It was never called a stick the rest of Moses' life. And through that rod of God, the the ten plagues were, were brought down on Egypt. Through the rod of God, God separated the Red Sea. Through the rod of God, when there was no water, he struck the rock and the water flowed out and the people drank. When we will give ourselves and what we have to God, God will resurrect it, God will make it alive, and he will use you to change the world. Woo! We win when we surrender. And so, you know what? I'll cross all of our campuses. Your identity. It could be that you're a geek, tech, biker, athlete. Could be a skater. Could be one of any kind of things. But you've never surrendered your identity to the Son of the Most High God. Give it to me, Moses. And Moses surrendered everything at that burning bush in the presence of God to him. So right now there's some of you that have never been born again. Now's your time to surrender your identity to Jesus. So with every head bowed, every eye closed, we're going to pray with you out loud this confessional prayer. If you're ready to, if you're ready to be born again, if you're ready to begin a relationship, ready to have your sins forgiven and the grace of God visit your life, pray this with us. Say, dear Jesus, I know I've sinned and I'm so sorry. I surrender my life, my identity to you. Come into my heart. Be my Lord and be my Savior. I will live for you. Raise me up to walk in a new life. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, amen. 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 Come on. Woo! Now, why don't you take that card that's in your seat, verses on one side. On the other, I've already gone through the four levels. I'm just, listen, I am praying that everybody goes up a level. But you'll take that card and you'll check whatever box that you're ready to, that you're ready to commit to God. And then if you want to attend one of our classes, again, we'll contact you later toward the end of the summer. But if you'll fill that out, fill that out. And we're just going to believe God. We're going to believe God's going to move. 
You say, Pastor, you just don't understand. I just don't have any money. I, don't, I just don't have anything. What's in your hand? Moses didn't have anything. The sheep were Jethro's, his father-in-law. He didn't own anything. Man, he was a washed-up murderer from Egypt. He was a hireling as a shepherd. And all he had was his stick. And God said, give it to me. Give it to me. If you'll surrender to God, he'll break it and multiply it. I promise you he will. He will, he will do it. So I just pray, fill that card out. God, as we right now pull down the idol of greed, even as Gideon threw the rope around and pulled down the idol of Baal, we pull down the idol of greed. It's a battle. We struggle. We need your faith. We, we, need, we need to grow. And so, God, I pray that every single one of us will rise up one level in our generosity, that you will grow us to a new level in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. and one more thought, give your influence. Give your influence. God's doing a work in our church. Amen? But it's about, it, we're about to kick it into overdrive. People are coming back from summer. They're going to start coming back to church. And, man, we, we are going to see the momentum, the breath of God flood every single campus. And we're going to see our greatest days the second half of 2015 so far in the life of this church. And what's going to be required is you to give your influence to bring in people, to share in the gospel, the grace of the Lord Jesus we're going to be, I'm going to let you know in a few weeks, we're going to be asking our business people or folks that can do small groups at work at lunch. We've got a curriculum we're going to be giving out. I'm praying we'll start 50 work small groups where John Maxwell will be doing the teaching and the last lesson is the gospel. Because you have friends that won't come to church, but they come to learn to become a better leader at work. And we're going to give them Jesus. So that's all coming. Man, come on. Next weekend, we're going to talk about rising up. Talk about rising up in power. I am so, I've been working on this message for weeks. Out of Ephesians 5.18, being filled with the Spirit out of Ephesians, about being sealed and marked, about being marked by the power of God. So you don't want to miss next weekend. Spirit of God, Father, fall on us. Lord, we are slamming it into overdrive. We are flipping the nitrous oxide switch on. We're believing that the Spirit of God is going to supercharge. We believe that your power is going to flow. We believe Acts 4.31, and the place where they were seated was shaken, and they were all filled with the, word of, the Spirit of God, and they spoke the Word of God with boldness. I pray right now as, as thousands of people and just thousands of families across Faith Promise Global are making decisions to be generous. They're pulling down the flesh. They're Galatians. They're Galatians 2.20. They're crucifying the flesh that they might walk with the heart of God, which is a heart of generosity. God, fill us, explode, in our, explode at every campus. God, we ask you to move in power. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, come on, somebody give God some praise in the house. Woo! Man, so there are going to be, be pastors up front and prayer people. If you need to pray with someone, I want to encourage you to take those, those commitment cards, the finance, and put those in the offering boxes because we take the new givers and people, and we just, we just pray over. We're not calling you. We're not checking up on you. We're, didn't ask you. we're just asking you, man, to take a step up. Amen. Listen, would it be the will of God that we all take a step up? Because we are to be imitators of God, and God is generous, and we're to be generous. That's with our time, with our talents and serving. That's with our treasure and giving. Hey, that's generous with our heart. Some of us have, are holding our hearts back. Come on. Are y'all with me? Let's be a generous people. 
And even the neighbors and the people on every campus would say, I don't believe they're Jesus, and, and I, don't, I, I don't necessarily want to go to their church, but those people are different at Faith Promise Church because we serve the risen King. Amen. We love you guys. Be blessed. We'll see you guys next weekend.